Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. I work from home and your office could be in Yellowstone. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. You better believe it. And while you're looking up MidAmerica RV, make your way over to Gunspot as well for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about their websites is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you visit their website, so be sure to do so at Gunspot.com. And while you are strapped up, saddle up in a new ride from Roper Kia, check out their inventory online or on the lot they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Yes, sir. And then once you do have that nicer, newer ride, make your way over to Downtown Loop for any tire and loop services that you will need eventually. Because that is not a matter of if, that is a matter of when that will happen. So, again, Downtown Loop, they do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. Be sure to visit their website at downtownloop.com for their full list of services. I was in there uh, this week. Actually, Ooh. downtown loop. I love that place because I respect and trust them. Oh, well, without that's a doubt. an honest review. And Mark, when we first, you know, moved, or excuse me, when I first moved down to Joplin and came down here, uh, downtown loop was one of our first sponsors. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said, he's like, you know, we just got to get people in the door because once they're in our doors, he's like, they don't want to leave. And I'm like, oh, haha, you know, business talk. That is the truth. Once you go to downtown Lube and you get that service and you sit there and you get our, and you bring up KU basketball, KU football, or just anything in the world of sports, that man's going to talk. And then you're going to love it. And you're not going to want to go anywhere else because they do quick and good work. I've taken my truck to other places. And sometimes they're like, hey, by the way, you need to look at this. And my dad's a mechanic. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know anything about vehicles. Yeah, are they trying to rip me off? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, Dad, you want to take a look at this? Do I actually need it? Uh, and there have been times where he would be like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but you're probably fine. They're probably just trying to upsell you. Even this this week when I took it into downtown Loop, uh, they said that I, it was probably time to go ahead and replace my brakes. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad about it this week, and he was like, yeah, looks like they're probably right. It was. Not even like a, hey, dad, come make sure that I'm not going to take advantage of. But it's nice to have that security and that trust from wherever you take your vehicles. Uh, A lot of football to get to today. And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, Thanksgiving. Maybe we just start it because I do sound a little bit rough still. Just a little nasal. Is it obvious? A little bit. I feel like it is. You don't sound as clear as you Your boy was near death. That big? No, not even remotely close. That big. (laughs) But... I was sick, and we've been talking for weeks now about how much I love Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was ruined. I was sick the entire day. Uh, and not even like there are some people that have hypothesized that maybe I was hungover. Mm. I was not. I did celebrate a little bit on Wednesday before, yeah. but woke up super congested, <clears throat> running a little bit of a fever, the old headache, and immediately thought, I've got the vid. Yeah. Hit me once again. Tested negative for it, though. Ooh. Uh, so it didn't have COVID, but I did miss out on my entire Thanksgiving, which is a top five, top two, not two, holiday for me. Well, you know, we, we had a big episode on Sunday talking about it, and I really just kind of, you know, I had a take of Thanksgiving is just not that enjoyable. Um, I don't know what it is about me, but the moment I talk shit on something, the moment it becomes... I was wondering. This was one of the better Thanksgivings I have had in a very long time. And I don't know if it's just because family posting about it. I think on Facebook. Yeah, the family drama is somehow is finally disappeared. So that is, I think, good. We're we're heading in the right direction. Uh-huh. And it's kind of one of those deals where it's like I'm having a good time with everybody. <laughs> but I also don't know if it's part because I took my dog to the family Thanksgiving and uh, to resounding everyone loved him as they would with a puppy. But at the same time, he was getting on my nerve because it was like, stop pissing off my aunt's dog. And everyone else was like, oh, my God, it's so cute. I'm like, okay, yeah, it is until that dog that almost broke my leg a couple years ago, that's a story for another time, is now about to kill my dog. <laughs> ended up being okay. They have? Uh, they have one little uh, min pen. Of course. Yep. And uh, 
I also took a dessert. I made a dessert on Wednesday night. I actually didn't like it. Man, this is just so bad. Family loved it. It was the, the most eaten dessert out of the family. So I came out of the Thanksgiving with two W's. Nice. I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you finally got to experience that. I feel like <laughs> And the food you, was good, too. You took my Thanksgiving that I usually experience. You know, I pre- I'm sorry, but I appreciate that. Shout out to my parents, though, that still delivered me a plate of food. I really need to not get on that. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's a nice list to be on. Because I was sitting there damn near tears because I was missing Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then mom swoops in with, hey, just let me know what you want. Your dad's going to run a plate over for you. One, I felt like a child, like just completely worthless and useless, but I still wanted that plate. You almost cried because like my parents love me so much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Favorite status? Security. <laughs> and then not only that, after like everybody else had eaten, my mom also hit me up with the, there's a lot of leftovers. Do you want any of it? So I did get the Thanksgiving food at least. Man. A lot to be thankful for. So you got a plate and leftovers? I did. So you got to see your parents twice and on Thanksgiving? No, but I did get to eat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but feeling uh, better today. I don't get sick very often. So it you was, do not. It's a, no. kind of a surprise for me to, to be sick. But here we are. And also had a great weekend of football. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we were talking about it last episode. Um, the NFL had one hell of a day. I saw that the Cowboys and Giants uh, set a record for like – most watched regular season game. 42 Insane. million people. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Uh, and then uh, more college games on Friday, and then the big game, the game, on Saturday where Michigan beats Ohio State again. I did not see this happening. I, I think you also predicted Ohio State to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both thinking that. It didn't happen. So good for Jim Harbaugh. I do find myself being a little bit happy for him. I mean, that team was banged up too. And I mean yeah. Michigan. Michigan mm-hmm. was hurt. They had their, their starting running back, high school trophy candidate. Yep. He was out. Their backup running back was down to, like, one hand. And they're playing linebackers at running back, and they still beat a very good Ohio State team. I think maybe some of the Ohio State fans would say that they were banged up as well. But they had, they had their guys. They had their depth, too. So a uh, very impressive win for Michigan. And then the crazy thing, fans after the game started chanting, we want Urban Meyer at Ohio State. And I saw people even saying, like, man, is Ryan Day on the hot seat now? Some of it I, I would assume is a joke. Mm-hmm. But I bring Ryan Day to Texas. <laughs> like, oh. I think he's still a phenomenal coach. And what, the, what he's recruited there, that just goes to show, I think, how important this rivalry is. Yeah. And I think it was Ryan Day that even said it. It was his quote of, you prepare for this game 365 days a year. And if you don't win it, it's it's devastating. And lost it two years two, in a row. Two, I mean, two in a row after their success that they've had. <laughs> and now fans are chanting, we want Urban Meyer. I, Urban Meyer after this loss. And it's him where you have that like, medical issue and everyone surrounding him. His face is all like, bulged out. It's just it's kind of weird. I think it was I don't know if would get rid of Ryan Day. Right. Like, yeah, just overreacting in the yes. moment. And that's, I mean, that's what this entire weekend can probably be summed up as, too, is just the overreaction from fans, even into the NFL world. And I know we'll get into that here a little bit in segment two. Um, but, like, with Michigan, it's crazy to think where Jim Harbaugh was two or three years ago, whereas we're talking about the hot seat. He was like, he get rid of this cut. guy. He is done. It's you know? not going to happen. You can't beat Ohio State. And I also think it's the show. It's the world we live in. We just want instant Instant success, and it's just not possible. Good things take time, and I think if okay, we're fine with those first three, four years not doing so hot under Jim Harbaugh, because now that he's taken the pay cut and he's got his guys fully through as a class cycle in a couple classes, and it's like these are the guys that he has brought in and developed into success. You have high people, like high-level draft picks going in. You're beating Ohio State at home. You're beating Ohio State in Columbus. The first time you've done that since 2000. And you just locked in a shot there for another college football playoff. You get rid of this Jim Harbaugh where, two years ago, this right. is not happening. This you're is starting over thought again. Michigan would be when Harbaugh was hired. And it did. It just took some time. And he survived two, maybe three coaching hot seats where people thought he was going to be fired. Mm-hmm. I called for him to be fired. 
Hand up. That's oh, I did me. Too. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> it took a little bit of time, but he's he has Michigan right there. Looks like they're going to be one of the four teams that make it to the college football playoff. Uh, right now, the AP released their rankings, and I assume that the college football playoff rankings will be similar with Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU at 3, and then USC coming in at 4. Mm-hmm. I think that that's probably the way that it's going to go. I do think that this is just a crazy year, though. If I'm Alabama, if I'm Ohio State, I'm not dead yet. I'm, I'm still thinking <laughs> that I've got a chance in this. Um, LSU lost to Texas A&M this weekend, but they will play Georgia in the SEC championship game. I could see an upset happening there. TCU plays K-State. I could see an upset happening there. K-State has looked good mm-hmm. the and last couple I believe weeks. they played TCU pretty close the first time around mm-hmm. uh, when they played. USC um, plays Utah in the Pac-12 championship. That's going to be a good game as well. I don't even know how much of an upset that would be if Utah won. Yeah, I mean, really. They came into the season ranked higher. I believe, weren't yeah, they? they've still been very good. Uh, and then Michigan plays Purdue. you got to feel pretty safe about that game. At least I feel safest about that game. But it could be a trap game where Michigan, they just kind of won their Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, and now really? you, you're kind of you feeling yourself a little bit. You, you have some guys coming back off of injury. You're getting healthy. That could be a little bit of a trap game for Michigan against Purdue. Um, but we will – We'll see what happens with, with those games. Uh, the USC game is going to be on Friday and then all the other championship games on Saturday. But if, like I said, if I'm Ohio State, if I'm Alabama, I'm sitting there kind of on the outside looking in, I still think that there's a really good chance that one of those teams could make it into the playoff. And the thing, too, with Purdue is, you know, they've been kind of known to have those little upset games. And with Michigan, you saw one, okay, did they just win their Super Bowl? Jim said, okay, hey. Write yourself this business and just smoke Purdue. You come to the Big Ten Championship and you just annihilate them, leave no questions for the college football. Leave no doubt. Bingo. That would be my message or my motto always. I'll just be leave playing no that gif continuously. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes in, the, in locker rooms they'll have like the clock set, like yeah. this many hours until this game. It's just that gif. Leave no doubt. Yeah. Leave no doubt. I love my favorite is that. Bring me my the coach that's in the middle, I freaking love that. Not even the, just. I don't even know that one. Oh, you haven't seen it, man. That's the one I quote all the time when I give me my money because it is so funny. I've said it several times on here, and I guess it makes sense now why you haven't giggled at it because you know it. But I'm a I'm a big hype video. We all know I'm easy to just get pumped up, ready to run through a brick wall. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm doing that here. USC, I am Notre Dame because. Hoping a little bit closer with Notre Dame, looking like they were heading in the right direction after the, the rough start of them. What's your motto or whatever that you love so much? <laughs> That's me, dog. <laughs> because I put in a bet, uh, what was it, like September for Caleb Williams to win the Heisman, and it has not looked good until this week. This is the week that it matters. We talked about it sort of the the high vote Christian Caffrey twelve not that's freaking I am so glad it was a reasonable time for all of us to watch this because I think everyone that's a USC fan has got this games is going as well. How have you not been talking about this? Sorry, the rest of you have uh-huh. snoozing. And I've been following it obviously because of the betting stuff too. Caleb Williams has had a Heisman Trophy caliber season the entire year, mm-hmm. but there is something weird about it, and I get it, uh, wanting to stay up, not wanting to stay up that late. You are a Heisman voter, you should, um, but some of those games are hard to see. But Caleb mm-hmm. Williams is just routinely scoring four or five touchdowns a game, <laughs> yeah, and, and no one is talking about it. They, I mean, C.J. Stroud will throw three touchdowns against Rutgers or whomever, and everybody will say he's the Heisman favorite. Caleb Williams will drop four touchdowns against Utah, and like ah, nobody saw it. Yep. But he had another big game um, this weekend and did finally take over as the Heisman Trophy favorite. Uh, it was a little bit bittersweet for me. I, I'm more of an Ohio State fan than I am a Michigan fan, yeah. so I do kind of root for Ohio State. But then the, the like the reality set in of C.J. Stroud loses this game. I literally win money. <laughs> 
about third quarter, I started rooting for Michigan. <laughs> yes! Pretty hard. He threw that, that little running back pass. Oh. Yeah, he threw that interception at the end of the game, and I knew, like, right there, that seals the deal. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And Heisman Trophy voting is open now, and I think a lot of those guys are probably going to cast their ballot and vote for him. Uh, there is still the you know, opportunity for him to play on Friday, but I, I think that people will probably have their ballot. I, I think it's due by not this Monday, but next Monday. So, but I, I do think that Caleb Williams is going to be the guy, and I think he deserves it too. Again, he hasn't had a lot of attention this year, but he has been putting up the numbers, and USC is a top-four team right now. It's something we've talked about for if USC is that cultural watch. A couple years ago, we were talking about how Michigan is not basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yep. You know, like we started talking shit on them last week too on Twitter. Just like, hey, this is not a top four team. Put my foot in my mouth. I mean, that is just what I do best in the sense of I'm going to talk shit about something and it's going to come to fruition. So if you hear me doing that, just send me a message and say, thank you, because it is working. Yeah. TCU's good, though, man. Shit. Max Duggan might win the Heisman, as he should, right? No. But it's it's one of those deals, too, where seeing USC back and the amount of talent that is there and Lincoln Riley coming in and making an immediate impact, that is, is kind of contradicts everything I said about Harbaugh earlier, where it's like you want that instant success. USC got it with Lincoln Riley mm-hmm. I, immediately. Now, granted, he got to bring in a couple of transfers that helped out tremendously, well, Caleb Williams being one of them. So, I don't think he's done yet. <laughs> ah, I mean, there are a lot of rumors out there that Lincoln Riley's going to hit up the transfer. I don't even know if they're rumors. Like we, we just all know that he is going to hit up the transfer portal. He recruits it very well. But there are some potential very big names that are going to be interested in USC. So even losing guys um, like Jordan Addison or losing some of these running backs and things like that, they're going to be able to recruit in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Are there any big names that might be hitting the transfer portal for USC to keep an eye on? There are. I know you know one. You might as well just go ahead and drop it. Uh, or do you want to wait? Do you want to wait? I'll, okay, I'll, we'll I'll, wait. I want to out the, like, 19, 20-year-old kids news. It's a little different. Yeah. We'll tease you guys, but when it happens, just know you heard it here. But I do I do think that even not even, like, any rumors, but Lincoln Riley's going to get people out of the portal. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was doing it before the transfer portal was mm-hmm. – Kind of, you know what I mean? That's right. how he was getting his quarterbacks, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Jalen you know, Hurts, Baker exactly. Mayfield, like all those guys coming over and yep. being a part of what Lincoln Riley was doing. And now, now doing it in USC instead of Norman, Oklahoma. I know I'm biased, but I think we can all agree. Southern California, a little bit better than Oklahoma. <laughs> a little bit. Just, just a The bit. U.S. government wasn't like, yeah, you guys can have this part of the country and talk about Southern California. <laughs> no, sir. That is not the way that happened. Uh, With the blistering, <laughs> God-forsaken heat? No, sir. Well, sorry, that's where we're uh-huh. taking you. Right. So I, I do think that he's going to recruit. I think the last year was just like the tip of the iceberg for them. Not so much like Caleb Williams going with him. I don't even know if that's like really the transport portal, but like bringing in guys like Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. That was the transfer portal. Being able to offer the NIL deals and things like that, I – USC is, they are back. And yes. they're, they're right there. You know, they're, they're, I hope they win the Pac-12 even. And honestly, if I have to pick a team that I'm rooting for to win the national championship, I think it's USC. Outside of Michigan, it is for me. I mean, it's just kind of one of those deals where Wouldn't they come in. Wouldn't that be one hell of a national championship game, though? Sorry to interrupt you. USC and Michigan? Yep. That would be a lot of fun. Yep. You it get would Georgia, be... USC in the playoff. USC wins. Mm-hmm. Michigan, TCU. Michigan wins. It would be such a different type of ball because Michigan just is so good at running the ball. and you, I mean, it would be Big Ten, Pac-12. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it would just be the epitome of the Big Ten and the epitome of the Pac-12 with the greatness of Caleb Williams. And this is something I was thinking before coming in, and now that I have an opportunity to say it, it feels like the last years with quarterbacks coming in, you hear the comment, this guy's like Mahomes. We're watching the Chiefs live right now playing uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Just scored. Love to see it. But everyone talks about these quarterbacks coming in the NFL and say, hey, this, you know, this guy he throws it like Mahomes. He, you know, he's able to do this. He's got the arm angles. He's got the arm strength. Da, 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 da. Watching Caleb Williams Saturday night against Notre Dame looked like the closest thing we have to Patrick Mahomes since Patrick Mahomes. Granted, it's only been five, six years in the NFL. But Caleb Williams going to whatever NFL, not this year, but they're getting a superstar. Caleb I I'm saying it right now, to He's yeah. in the pocket. He's extending plays. He's downfield the whole time. Even some of his incomplete 
on Saturday night against the Atlanta left. Is seeing it 15 yards downfield on the line. It's, it's up just as not caught, but it's still just like, holy cow, he got that ball out. Like that, if that is caught, that's impressive. I think a lot of it too and that's is, the thing about Mahomes we love. Right, is that now we're starting to see the effects of Patrick Mahomes on these younger quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The scrambling around, some of the, honestly, some of the stuff that I hate that Mahomes does, we're seeing it now out of guys like Caleb Williams. And, uh, you know, even like Spencer Rattler has tried to do some of the, yeah. the other things. And there are a ton of other quarterbacks, especially some of these guys that are coming up. We're really seeing the influence of Patrick Mahomes. The sad thing is that a lot of these guys, uh, just, we talked about it before with Drew Locke. He had trying to do like the Aaron Rodgers stuff. <laughs> Not everybody can do it. Mm, there's clearly. a reason why there's only a couple guys that can do that. But now we're, we are starting to see it with Patrick Mahomes and, and guys like Caleb Williams. I am a big fan of his game. It's uh, really easy to root for him this year. Yeah. Hated him last year. Oh, big time. I mean, because he came in at the Red River rivalry game and comes in on a fourth and two and scores a fucking touchdown. Yeah. Running. And it's like, God bless. You see his fingernails and he's got the horns upside down painted on him. And you're like, that's stupid. But at the same time, you're like, dude, what kind of balls you got to have to have that painted on your fingernails? And then you come out and be the reason that you beat Texas. Yeah. It's insane. Yep. I can root for him now. Couldn't last year. Uh, And then also sticking with the college football stuff. Huge, I think, just four huge uh, pieces of information coming out as far as the coaching carousel goes. We saw the first domino fall, uh, Matt Rule going to Nebraska. You and I already kind of talked about this with some friend of ours. Uh, Love this move. I Mm -hmm. think that this was a great hire for Nebraska. Matt Rule was so good at Baylor. It didn't work out in the NFL, but you know what? It didn't for Nick Saban either. Look at what he's doing at Alabama, and I don't know that he's – Nick Saban, but he has proven that he can do it at the college level. He is responsible for building up that Baylor football program to 100%. what it was. And if he can do that again in Nebraska, I will be very excited. And boy, did he get a long contract. I think I saw it was an eight-year contract. Whoever his agent is, he's doing a damn good job. <laughs> yeah, and good for Nebraska, too, to realize, like, hey, this is going to take time. Now, hopefully they just remain patient enough in the Big Ten to go, okay. Yeah, I feel like they were very patient with Scott Frost, though. Very much so. Especially after he was fired and some of the stuff came out about his drinking problems and not showing up to meetings and things like that. It's like they Mm -hmm. were too patient. So I do think Matt Rule is going to get a real good go at it. You know, and again, talking with some of our Nebraska friends, give him four or five years. There are so many people that after year two, after year three, they start to question things. Mm-hmm. It takes a really long time to build a football program, especially in college ranks where you can't just go out and sign free agents and do things like that. It, it's hard to get these recruits you know, when you've been down for so long. But I really liked this hire for Nebraska. And the thing with Nebraska, too, and, you know, the new transfer portal that's there and how good of a recruiter Matt Rule is, we already know that. We talked about the success that he brought Baylor and the success that they've got to keep that or they've kept since then as well. Maybe, you know, we do see, an, not an instant, but a one, two-year jump from Nebraska where you're competing in the Big Ten again because you're able to go bring in, you know, a really good running back. You're able to recruit for your offensive line. And then you land a quarterback that can make plays and you build on the defense. Because Matt Rule, it took him too long to figure out that, hey, Matt Rule just needs to be Matt Rule here with the Carolina Panthers and you guys are going to have fun and respect you. He said himself on an interview with, I believe it was like in a Good Morning NFL or whatever that show is, and it's kind of one of those deals where you hear, and you're like, why in the world did it take you so long to realize just be you for players to respect you? Like, why did you get to this point and think, I need to be something else? But you get to Nebraska and you do that. I mean, Nebraska, Caleb, or excuse me, Thompson here for Nebraska was at Texas the year before. He gets to Nebraska and says, hey, the NIL money here is crazy. Everybody has a car. Nebraska is ready to have success for football again. They haven't had it in almost 30 years. They are wanting to spend money. They just did it with Matt Rule. If you can do it with these recruits and you give Casey Thompson a car, he said himself, at Texas, it was me and Bijan. We were the only ones that really got you know, deals or cars. Here in Nebraska, everybody's got one. Recruits are going to love that. And you get to be the reason Nebraska's put back on the map. That's going to be exciting. I, I think so, too. And it's keeping with the Big Ten even, um, on early Sunday morning, the Luke Fickle to Wisconsin rumors really started to heat up. And then before they could even be rumors, it was made official. Luke Fickle going to be the next head coach at Wisconsin. I think that's another really good hire, mm-hmm. too. Maybe even a better hire than Matt Rule to Nebraska. Just 
in my opinion. I, I loved what he did at Cincinnati, and I kind of felt bad for him that he didn't get that opportunity uh, because he kind of missed out on it because of the college football playoff, yeah. where he wasn't able to interview for some of these big-time jobs last year. And I thought he might have been a guy that missed out on his opportunity, but here he is now getting a remarkable one to go to Wisconsin and take over that program that I still think is is very good. It had a down year, but they've got their work cut out for him too. But Luke Fickle being able to kind of stay in the Midwest and be able to recruit, Wisconsin's still going to be very good and develop at that program as well is another really good hire. Uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on the Wisconsin hire. No, I mean, it's just I want to see Wisconsin be good again. Like I just think if you can get the Big Ten to be competitive and just have some parity there, it's going to be enjoyable. It, it's going to be fun to see Michigan and Ohio State be good, well, and now you throw in Wisconsin and Nebraska with USC and yeah, UCLA coming in. Earlier, Holy shit, mention, let's go. Yeah, it's the Big Ten is – it might start to rival the SEC. Which would be – like the SEC is still good. Georgia's number one. But, you know, we saw Alabama take a little bit of a dip. And even if you talk about teams like LSU, LSU is still a three-loss team. Yeah. I know they were ranked number five coming into the weekend, but they're still a three-loss team. Ole Miss, same. Like Everybody wants to talk about Texas A&M. Let me know when they win six or seven games, and then I'll start paying attention to them in a season. Until then, please stop. <laughs> yes, that's coming from a Texas Longhorns fan uh, whose team just won eight games and it feels like the Super Bowl. But – you know, Texas A&M, let, let me pat myself on the back here. I said it at the beginning of the season. This is always a team that comes in highly, highly overrated. Thanks for beating LSU this weekend, but <laughs> you guys are bad at football. I'll be yeah. honest. I'm worried about Texas A&M next year. They're playing all young guys right now. Yeah. All well, the guys well, that they recruited and paid to come in, they're playing. Again, and it's like, I don't want to like break any news because these are 19-year-old kids. I think they might lose a lot of those recruits to the transfer portal. There are already a couple that are going to be in the transfer portal from last year's recruiting class. They're done. (laughs) Out of there. (laughs) That check clear? All right, cool. I'm gone. (laughs) Mom, to hit my account. I'm I'm going to USC. I'm going to go talk to Captain Alabama. Yeah, Yeah. Alabama. uh, I decided that I do want to win football games. (laughs) Will you please take me? Uh, So I do think that. They're going to potentially lose some of those kids to the transfer portal, or at least it is, it's kind of sounding like that could happen. Uh, another head coach that is out is David Shaw at Stanford. That one was really surprising. Very much so. It was even a little bit more surprising that he stepped down, uh, that he wasn't fired. And they love David Shaw out at Stanford, but they have not been good for four years or more, yeah. maybe. So I do. this was a, a, a good move, I think, for both. David Shaw and Stanford, they need some new life in there. I wonder if his future is in college football or if he is going to interview maybe even for some NFL jobs. So that's kind of what I was wondering, too, because I saw a lot on Twitter, you know, one of those deals where he just realized working out at Stanford and he took himself out and it was just like, hey, I'm not it anymore. So it is good. Be to see what he does going you know, NFL He does that all the time during bowl season. That because be, his team's not playing. That would be neat, but it's <laughs> it's because his team's not playing. They suck. So I'm gonna go to TV. I mean, maybe that's it though. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm tired of the stress. Yeah, it's a freak. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know that he's gonna have like a spot on like a college game day. I don't. Or you know, maybe big noon kickoff or something. Yeah. Well, if Urban Meyer goes back to college football, right. I mean, boom, there that opens up. Yeah, so there there will be opportunities for David Shaw to do something, or maybe he takes a year off mm-hmm. and then reevaluates. Or you know, we're really just now getting into this part of the season where coaches get fired. Uh, it was a weird season because we had a lot of vacancies open up early, but I, there are still going to be some you know potentially big jobs open up. One that we've been talking about, uh, the the Oklahoma job. Like, are they? You really going to keep Venables after yeah. the year you just had? Right, do you feel confident with that? Because I wouldn't. Yeah. And this is me like not being biased. Oklahoma should be better than that. They should not win six games ever. No, and I wonder Unless if maybe they look seven, at it. Then you and they have six wins. Because, <laughs> I mean, even their defense was bad. And Venables being a defensive yeah. guy, it's like, dude, come on. But Oklahoma has been led by the offense, you know, the last like five years or so with Lincoln Riley being at the helm. So maybe uh, give him to get a defense. Got here and 
healthy through the year and being able to them because even Gabriel coming from UCF, I felt like that was the right move either. Same. I, I think clearly. Yeah, looking back at it now, like if you're an Oklahoma fan and you listen to this podcast, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, honestly. But if we all reflect back on it, everybody knew Dylan Gabriel wasn't the guy. Yeah. I, I think that we they wanted to, not we, I didn't want to. They wanted to believe that Dylan Gabriel was going to be like the savior and that he was really good at UCF and he was going to bring that to Oklahoma. He just He was a group of five quarterback that was pretty good and it never really worked out at OU. And OU should still be able to recruit, and they should be winning the Big 12 until they leave for the SEC. Yeah. Now, there's no reason for TCU to be playing in the college football playoff. No, I mean, not at all. And even as Texas fans have spent the whole offseason going, you know, Big 12 is wide open this year with Oklahoma, da 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 you know, losing Lincoln Riley, Texas make the jump, Texas school, TCU, and then you get, you know, Kansas State as well, having a tremendous year. I'm rooting for Kansas State. You know, I will be uh, a championship game. But next coaching hires here, this is one that kind of got me excited. And he's already shot it down, which really hurt my heart. Deion Sanders to Colorado. I tweeted it already. But could you imagine this man in the locker room in Colorado looking at us and giving him a pep talk and saying, play Mong. And they shit can out boom right front run right by him yeah like this fact they wouldn't know what to do with it they got it out every and i wonder if he's just going to take an opportunity somewhere else colorado i I, i am a little bit older so i can remember the days of colorado being pretty good I've never known them. They were pretty good. Like they won a national championship before I was really a fan in like ninety two, ninety four, somewhere like around there. I was still an itch in my so, it's not sacks, so I have no idea. Right. Uh, and maybe they could be decent again, but if I'm Dion, I would maybe even be holding out for a little bit better of a job. I don't I don't want to go compete against USC. Yeah. And Oregon even. Like Colorado's beautiful. Also doesn't really feel like Deion Sanders' vibe. That's very true as well. You know, it, it, also, I didn't even put it on the rundown. It feels like Auburn is probably zeroed in on their guy uh, out of Liberty, whose name I can't even remember right now. So that was a situation where I thought Dion might go to Auburn. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's still a situation where he's kind of monitoring. Or is some of those directional schools that are in Florida, you get a Central Florida, South Florida, maybe that's a better fit to where even Dion would say, no, I want to build at this level before just jumping straight to the Pac 12 and what they're doing. But, yeah, which I respect, honestly, big time. And, you know, even I was reading some stuff about Dion too. Of maybe he would go with one of those different smaller Florida schools because his son does play quarterback for him at Jackson State. Yep. You might not win that job at Colorado or some, at Auburn. Yeah. But he might at Southern Florida. Uh, South Florida, sorry. Yeah. So it, maybe, maybe that is a situation. Or maybe he is just happy at Jackson State. And he's holding out for a bigger opportunity or help. Maybe he just does really like where he's at. And if he does good, mm-hmm. I'm Robert here. Rumor that they were interested in Yeah. If you ain't kidding, why don't you go to Yeah, and they, there were some tweets. Mm-hmm. I, They've always been little brother to Alabama. It's like that's just it. <laughs> but I'd much rather have an old miss than Auburn. Yeah. And that's you know, we even kind of talked about it with uh Leopold at KU. Like, do you really want to leave what you have to go to some of these other programs mm-hmm. right now? Like even if it, the Colorado job is open, I'm not leaving KU to go to Colorado. Traditionally are they better? Yes but I don't know that they are going to be in the near future. And so maybe even with Auburn, like they do get a lot of attention and I just don't really know why. I I know they had a little run before, but back with Cadillac Williams when he was there at running back and now he's the interim head coach. I'm just not signing up to have to directly compete with Alabama every year. (laughs) 
in recruiting and in-state stuff, fandom, and then play them every year at the end of November? Yeah. Hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> I would rather go almost anywhere else. And so, Ole Miss is good. I would be happy Yeah, and Ole, Ole Miss. Miss, too, back to them even. I would feel pretty good about Lane Kiffin and what he's building at Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss is definitely better than Auburn right now. And I don't know. I've, I've never been to either university. I would assume that the facilities at Ole Miss are at least fairly comparable to what Auburn has. I would so. You know, I don't think that you're going to walk into Ole Miss and be like, oh, this place is a dump. I'm not coming here. Yeah. Oh, but here's Auburn. I'll go there. Like, you're probably just not going to do that. I've heard Ole Miss is just set up beautifully with their downtown. I've that, seen their tailgates, just, I'll tell you that. And there's not much better scenery at a tailgate than there is at Oxford, Mississippi. I need to find a way to get there. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to a game next year. I, we used to try to always put it on the tailgate tour. But it's like, we can't really make Ole Miss and Mississippi State like a thing. <laughs> I know it's going to be a great tailgate. It's a shit game, though. So, yeah, I've always wanted to go and watch a game, too. I, the people dress up. They have the chandeliers. It is a different kind of environment. So I do think that Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss is working. Yeah, I know they got their butts beat by Mississippi State, but it's working. Mm-hmm. And I would stay there, especially over Auburn. And yeah. I do think that Lane Kiffin, I think he is holding out for the Alabama job. To like, I will wait out Nick Saban. Whenever he is done, I, that is the job that he would take. And, you know, after Dabo Sweeney, he's probably the front runner for it. I, I guess if you're Alabama, you maybe you call Dabo first. Eventually, we'll see where, where that's at in two to three years or whatever. And then Lane Kiffin and say, hey, yeah, come back to Alabama. You've done great at Ole Miss. Now you're ready for the show. <laughs> I, it makes too much sense for Lane Kiffin. Just do what you want to at Ole Miss. Have fun. Nick Saban's daughters are out of the picture. You don't got to worry about that anymore. And then you just go back and take over. It, and there was the big piece that came out that his family does not want to leave Ole Miss. Too. Like they were very anti-go to Auburn. So Good for them. Yeah, and they should definitely have a, a say in it, too. So I know it's, it's very important. I've, I've had some opportunities to leave this area. Not going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, you find a spot, you get comfortable, stay there. Stay as long as you can. Uh, I'll tell you one guy who's probably not very comfortable as we transition to the NFL is Zach Wilson, who was benched mm. this week in favor of Mike White. And I kind of feel bad for him. Like, Man. I don't because he's a douche. <laughs> but I do kind of feel bad for him. But you can't stand up there on the podium and, and say those things like, week after week and just be a smug, arrogant prick. And then your teammates stop responding to you. Good for Robert Sala. I mean, like, look nope, at, you're not that guy, pal. And look at the response of the Jets players after today's game. And even with Mike White at quarterback, there was just so much more energy and yep. happiness out there. And Mike White is making throws and making plays that Zach Wilson has just been missing. Uh, I saw earlier reports. I don't want to be from ESPN, but I mean, the reports are out there. Zach Wilson's been dealing with the yips. They thought it was kind of one of those deals where it was just a little bit of an issue during training camp and it'll get over with, and it just never went away. And now you're here into the season, his confidence is taking a hit. I understand that aspect where you're just mentally frustrated on why you can't just seem to throw the ball anymore like you used to. That's something you've been so good at, and now it's not. I'm, or you know the old Sam Darnold thing. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Yeah. The NFL's pretty fast. In two situations, you're in with the Jets. You're in with that media. How many times do you get to hear anything? Yeah. It's a hard place to play. It, it always from the West Coast. If you're in you, you must get a guy that's born in Maybe more also played college and back home to New York where it's like, okay, I'm used. I know what not to listen to. Instead of these guys coming from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and I think it was, maybe I'm putting too much stock well, in that. I heard but I just, McFarland talking about it too, and I think this was during the draft process. Maybe it resurfaced and he said it again. But I remember somebody talking about Zach Wilson during the draft process of saying, this is a guy who's been coddled his whole life. Yeah. That his family has money. He's never had to deal with any kind of trauma in his life. Everything yeah. has always been easy. I think we're seeing it. Like, I know that maybe it sounds a little bit ridiculous or maybe you're overthinking things, but he has never had to deal with overcoming anything. 
It's, I mean, maybe he had some situations where he had a bad game in high school or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, everything's always been easy for Zach Wilson. He's had no adversity to get yes. over. And now you get to the NFL, you get a little bit of adversity of, oof, I had a bad game. These reporters are saying, I didn't play good. This sucks. And then you get these young kids that don't know how to deal with it. You cannot yes. manage adversity because you never have before. And I, I do 100% believe that is what's happening with Zach Wilson. Call it the yips if you want. Call it uh, mental health. It sucks. It's part of football. Yeah, and it's part it, of sports. Yeah, and life. To it, the end of Zepson's career viewed that way. It could be viewed in a way of like, hey, I have, this is all new to me. How do I handle it? And you find healthy ways to deal with it because this could go one or two ways. And I don't. I know this is an extreme here, but Ryan Leaf. I have had. I've heard him talk about it so many times. Coming in the NFL as a high prospect, drafted where you are. And he just didn't have the mental capacity to deal with the pressure. He just didn't know how to do it. And he's even said to himself, like, I never had to deal with any adversity. I didn't know how to process it. I was angry. I was by myself. I was alone. I didn't know what to do. And I blew up. Zach Wilson, he hasn't gone to that extreme, which is good. But the thing is, you need to learn how to deal with it. You need to learn how to just take a step back, evaluate the team, look at Mike White and go, okay, this is what he's doing right the guys are having fun and they respect him. What am I doing that does not equal that? And then start doing it. Matt Hasselbeck also talked about it on the ESPN pregame show today and had a great story about how he thought he was going to be the guy in Green Bay or wherever he was with Mike Holmgren as the head coach. He's yelling and getting arguments with the coach on the sideline. Trent Dilford comes in and Trent Dilford? What I say? Dilford? I did, didn't I? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Talk for a living. <clears throat> yep. But anywho, it's just it was a good story on watching Trent come in and then was properly shown how to be a leader, how to respond to criticism or being yelled at by a coach, and then going out and making plays and seeing your team respond to it. Zach Wilson has an opportunity to do that moving forward. Now today it's going to be rough to look at because he can look at it as, well, F these guys, they got Mike White, get me out of here, or it's a I want to have that feeling and fun with my teammates. And I don't know enough about Zach Wilson either to know like what type of person he is, because there are, there are some people that will take that chip and put it on their shoulder and rise above. I, just, I don't know if that's Zach Wilson. I think he might be the get me out of here. I need a change of scenery guy. Yeah. And Which I, maybe the jets need to do. Yeah. That and I mean, they won today. And the thing Mike is too, like a played more... well, I didn't watch that game. I, I do the Sunday ticket thing. Or the so against the bear second, right. Not right. that so good. Take it with a grain of salt, but throwing for 315 yards and three touchdowns in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Here's the thing. We saw him do it last year too, with four. Teams and yeah. Mike White's the dude. Mm-hmm. Give him a couple of weeks, like <laughs> no longer the dude. Right. So, again, with the Jets, a lot of people have disagreements on. You know, was this semi, was this the right move for your quarterback going forward? Was Zach Wilson? You know, could you have you you have just had him suit up and not play because we could have used him? Yeah. Also, they didn't even do that. <laughs> I bench on and watched. And it maybe, felt like he was in timeout. For sure, and maybe at the same time. What do you, mm-hmm. Quit throwing your little sit over there and watch this. Watch how much fun we're having without you. It reminded me, and again, I, I do agree with Robert Sala and how he handled this situation. It reminded me of seeing like an arrogant high school player. It's like, oh, you think we can't win without you? Yeah. Fine, you're not playing. Take your uniform off. You're not playing this week. Yep. And you don't see that at the college level usually, but I've seen it before at the high school level where you get a guy that thinks he's the greatest thing out there, and you're like, we still have to have 11 people doing their jobs to win games. You are not yeah. that good. And maybe maybe it will be a reset for Zach Wilson. If I had to bet on it or if I had to predict, I would say that he probably is done uh, being the quarterback for the Jets. Uh, maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere else. He definitely else. will. I mean, he was the number two overall pick. Right. Like We'll see that. And I'm not saying like arguing you. It's just high draft picks get second chances. Yep. Getting well, numerous I mean, chances. Even, you know, I was tweeting a little bit about it earlier today. Look at Sam Darnold. It's like it's almost an identical situation, except for this time. I don't think NFL teams are giving these quarterbacks as much time to where they see like, all right, you're not really getting it done. We're going to get rid of you. And, you know, we saw it with Josh Rosen. It took one year, 
We saw it with Sam Darnold where they kept giving him opportunities. I do think the difference between Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson is that Sam Darnold had a terrible coach and mm-hmm. no targets around him. Zach Wilson has what looks like a great coach and a ton of targets around him. In a good defense. Right? So yeah. it's like that's why I think that Zach Wilson might be done for in New York because he just there are no built in excuses. It is yep. just the quarterback position that's holding. I wonder back. if they're sitting here going like should have just kept Sam. Because I didn't think Sam looked awful today playing for yeah, the Panthers. Yeah. He didn't look great, but he didn't look <laughs> bad. <laughs> and if you look at the rest of the Jets schedule here, if Zach Wilson does come back, you play at Minnesota next, you play at and then research. And then you get Jacksonville, who beat the Baltimore Ravens today. Then you go to Seattle, and then you go to Miami. Did you see that? They Zach Wilson, up, you're done, bub. I'm sorry. Justin Tucker to try to kick a 67-yard game winner. He had a 72 in pregame. And, like, the thickest air that's in the world is <laughs> yeah. in Jacksonville, Florida. And they're like, no, nah, I think he's got it. And he yeah. almost did it. He's, I like, know. two yards shy of hitting a 67-yard game winner. At first, I saw the clip, and I was like, damn, you don't. You don't see him miss like a game winner like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I looked at the, the field. I was like, this man is well behind the 50-yard line. <laughs> How far is this kick? And it ended up being, I think it was officially a 67-yarder that he just barely missed. That man is the GOAT. Like, yeah. What was his game? It was a 64? 67 as well. I don't, I don't know. That great. That was in a dome. You don't got to deal with wind. So, I mean. Yeah. And it wasn't November on that dry-ass field either. <laughs> Like, he missed, but I was still impressed. Maybe that's me. He's my favorite football player. <laughs> it was still impressive, though. You mentioned the Lions. I did want to talk about their uh, Thanksgiving Day game. I thought they played really well. They you know, yeah. played against the Buffalo Bills. Bills end up winning that game, but it didn't feel like much of a loss. It did not. And I and have shot on the Lions of late. So <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> keep, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. keep that same energy, dog. And then, but the thing is, though, it's like – that game up there at the end, and here's the thing that I think the Lions can take away from this. You're learning how to win football games. You've learned how to lose games for a long time, but now you're in the process of learning how to win, and you can take positives out of that. I think so, too. Dan Campbell, I, I do think that he has saved his job for another year. You can't fire him after winning three straight and then being competitive against Buffalo. He's definitely going to be there. Uh, there is another storyline, speaking of some of these quarterbacks, though. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury, I don't remember if we talked about that or not off air. I'm just a skeptic. I don't believe it. I think this is the, I'm playing bad. I'm going to say my hand's broke. I do wonder because. You could show me an x-ray with his thumb detached from his hand and I would still be like, he doctored that. That's fake. <laughs> Photoshop <laughs> right there. Yeah. I just, Kim Kardashian, I don't, I don't you got the same him. person. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I don't know what this one. I don't. I really don't know what to think because, I mean, he has not looked good, and a lot of his throws have looked off. It doesn't look like there's the same. I don't know, like craziness that we're used to right, seeing Rodgers. So he does he feel like he's playing a little reserved. I, to me, I chalk it up to age and some of the weird stuff that he did yeah. in the offseason. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not your thumb, Aaron. It's the ayahuasca you were on. Like, <laughs> there is a correlation here of why you're playing bad, and it's that witch that you're dating. It, I mean, that might stop pissing her off, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, she has a, a hey, the, uh, She's stuck a needle in your thumb. The uh, the spell that she's casting right now, she's got to give a little bit of time. That's it. It came with oh. a broken thumb. Let me let it heal. And the Packers just so bad this year. They're 4-7. and seven. Uh, This is the part where I read my tweets on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know who should be more embarrassed this year, the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers being 4-7, and seven, or the Denver Broncos, and what is oh. happening there. A lot of people, I put up a poll earlier on my Twitter, a lot of people were saying the Broncos. The Broncos are 3-8. and eight. I think it's the Packers should be more embarrassed. 4-7 oh, and seven in that division, you've got a two-time MVP coming back. You've got your head coach coming back. You didn't have a lot of changes. You lost a receiver, and they are bad this year. They lost the receiver, and they lost the only target that they have mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers. So and I'm not making an excuse for it, but like the embarrassment part, I almost think it's got to be the Broncos because you brought in a head coach that you thought was gonna bring that was gonna bring Aaron Rodgers to you. That didn't work out, so you had to go get Russell Wilson, and your head coach is just singing his praises all off season. Everyone's hyping up the Broncos. I was hyping up the Broncos. AFC West gonna be the best division in football. 
Broncos stink, dude. Yeah. Russell lost Wilson to the Panthers today. Stink. Yeah. And you got defensive players yelling at Russell Wilson. He was interviewed after the game. I walked. And he was like, hey, just looking for a spark. That's all I'm trying to do here. I'm pissed that we as a defense gave up another score. We didn't do our jobs, but I'm just trying to provide some type of spark for the offense. I thought that might be able to help. He didn't say it, but I'm going to go ahead and just say this for him. Didn't fucking work. You want to know why it didn't work? Because Russell Wilson stinks. He's not the guy. You have a wide-open receiver 60 or 50-some yard field, yards down the field. Gets batted down by a defender who caught up to it. Because you can't throw the ball anymore. Like, Russell Wilson looks Washed. It does. It Props to Seattle for seeing it. I mean, Seattle saw that you'll give us what for him? Deuces. He's out of here. Geno Smith will roll fit and make it happen. And it is working wonders for him. Yeah. But I just like, if the Broncos, man, like, you set yourself back. You can't, I mean, you can't just go get another quarterback. You can't just get right, rid of Russell Wilson. And again, we've seen like the whole quarterback contracts and things like that. They don't look as impossible to get rid of as they used to. Sorry, I said what the fuck. I'm watching the Chiefs game. They just ran a stupid play. I'm listening It's to you. the goal line. It caught me. Just it caught me off guard. Play, play yeah. Sky Moore throwing the football. <laughs> that is one thing that drives me. I didn't mad. know a double pass in the NFL was Absolutely. legal. Yeah, it's behind the line of scrimmage, so you can do it. I guess that's true. It's just why. Right there, you have two people that are open in the end zone, but you don't have the football in Patrick Mahomes' hands. <laughs> so this is the thing that I argue with Chiefs fans all the time, not to go on a rant or a tangent here. You took the football out of the best play in the world's hands to give it to fucking Sky Moore. Stop with the cute shit, Andy, and just score touchdowns. And now they threw an interception. Anyway, <laughs> the Broncos suck too, so uh, <laughs> at least, God, that drives me insane. It works sometimes. Also, just look where you're throwing, Patrick. And that's watching football games while we do a podcast. Uh, Russell Wilson does look washed. So. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> and to getting that. out of that contract is going to be impossible. Like I, I don't even know that they reset their franchise. They've tanked it. Like, yeah. Unless you've got some kind of miracle nano bubbles or whatever it is that Russell Wilson has, you're done for. Like, you're stuck with this contract for a long time, and he's not getting better. He's old. He no. is going to get significantly worse over time. So I do. I still think the Packers are more of an embarrassment, but the Broncos are in a worse situation. And even with the Packers, how many more games until you give a shot at, at Jordan Love? I'm glad you brought that up because I saw it in the rundown and realized we went over it. If Aaron Rodgers is dealing with the broken thumb and is look like not himself, you have to look at your offense and go, this is not the best option for us. Or if it is, if you're sitting here telling all of us, Aaron Rodgers – um, on the throwing hand is better than a quarterback that you traded up to get in the first round a couple of years ago. You fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially with all these young receivers and targets that you have here, maybe you do put in Jordan Love and see if there is a spark. Or that's my thing, maybe sir. these guys here and just ride it. Packers and Eagles play tonight on Sunday Night Football. Let's just assume the Eagles win this game, as they probably mm-hmm. will. And then the Packers fall to 4-8. and eight. You have a very limited amount of time to figure out, is Jordan Love going to be the replacement for Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, I'm not convinced that he's going to be there next year. I'm not, I'm not convinced that the Packers want him there next year. Well, I can almost tell you right now, if they do lose tonight and they get smoked, Aaron Rodgers saying, I'm getting surgery on the same right. season's over. And then it's just going to be a, we don't have an option. But to uh, Yeah, at 4-8, and eight, you're, you're probably not making the playoffs. Like Maybe you can as a wild card team. But I also think as an organization, eventually, you do have to be realistic again and say, we need to give Jordan Love an honest look to see, are we going to pick up that fifth-year option? Are we going to try to keep this guy around? Do we think we can build around him? Because they did draft him in the first round to be the replacement to Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And you haven't had that opportunity to see. Maybe you've seen it enough in practice. But, man, if I were even a fan or especially working in the front office, if we lose another game or two as a – as the Green Bay Packers, I'm putting Jordan Love in and saying, hey, Aaron, let's get that thumb healthy or whatever. Heal it up. We're going to see what we have with Jordan Love, though, because we do have to make a decision on him eventually, and you just can't get those looks in practice. So I, that's another just interesting storyline to watch. Uh, and then a couple more things. Did you, were you able to see earlier today, Odo Beckham got kicked off of an airplane I, I saw the tweets, and then I saw him initial. I saw his tweet first. Actually, it was like, 
I can't believe that just happened. I swear I've seen it all, man. And I was like, what is he talking about? I thought he was talking about the football games. I'm like, yeah. what, what did I miss? And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, breaking news. Yeah. And I was like, what the uh-huh. hell is and going on? It still happened earlier today, so I, I haven't seen anything new. But the last thing that I read about it was that Odo Beckham Jr. was removed from a flight um, in Miami that was going to Los Angeles. Because the flight attendants were trying to like tell him to buckle a seatbelt like they do to everyone before mm-hmm. the plane takes off. But they said he was in and out of consciousness. Bro, how messed up are you before the plane? Yeah, I mean, what do we want? What do we want? Some people don't like to fly, so that's like whatever. You got to take a little something, help you go snoozy. I get it. But <laughs> you also maybe just got to know better. You're Odell Beckham Jr. Do you not have somebody else with you? Like to, Are you flying alone? I, I saw some, uh, just a bystander taking a video of, like, why did we have to get off the plane and they're recording it? And someone's like, who is that? It's Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. And you see Odell just kind of, like, look over to the side. the video to come out because I like those videos where people get kicked mm-hmm. off of planes. It's like, just follow the rules and don't be a douchebag. Well, it did seem like everyone on the plane was kind of confused. Like, why did you just kick all of us off the mm-hmm. plane? What was going on? Yeah. That is odd, too, though. like, if it's Odell, he's not putting And coming out of consciousness, get him off the plane. Why are you taking everybody else off the plane as well? Yeah, it, well, I like to me that's what I just I don't get. I think that again, this is just me assuming because uh, I haven't read much about it. That they asked him to buckle his seatbelt, and he kind of started to refuse. And then they thought that this might be a medical emergency, and so they got everybody off the plane because they thought he was like having medical problems. And then brought in the police officers. They asked him to leave, and when they show up, you're getting off the plane. They can ask you to leave, or they can take you off, but you are getting off the plane. At that point. So I think that that was probably the, yep, I'm going to get off the plane. But it is just a weird situation, another one of those things to kind of keep an eye on. That plane didn't leave for two hours after it was initially scheduled. I would be pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, there's also a lot of rumors about Odo Beckham Jr. and uh, potentially signing with a couple teams, the Giants, Cowboys. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are another team that's been rumored. So we'll see what happens with that one. I, I kind of thought that maybe this was part of a, a meeting deal. I think the no, flight was Miami got... to L.A. Maybe a reunion with the Rams? Yeah, I wouldn't. Nope. No. Maybe I don't know Chargers. who's the Chargers. No. no. But uh, here's the thing. Now that he's been arrested, it's narrowed down to two teams, Chiefs and Cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, that's who's going to deal with it. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Jones going to pay well, off. Here's the Andy problem. To... They're going to see that he wasn't actually arrested and be like, nah, we're out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we thought he was arrested. We were back in. He wasn't arrested. We're done for. It's fine. He can go wherever. And then everybody's favorite problem. How about Deshaun Watson? He is going to come back next week. Mm-hmm. It feels like this went under the radar. Uh, but next week he is eligible to return and start against the Houston Texans. The Browns did an okay job without him. They went four and seven. That's probably about what I expected them to do. Yep. I do wonder how they're going to do afterwards. We haven't seen Deshaun Watson play in a year and a half, and he might be a really scummy person or just weird kinky person off the football field. But when he's on the football field, he's a damn good football player. Yeah. The Browns could be sneaky good here to end the year. And Amari Cooper's having a stellar year. <laughs> David Njoku, I mean, great one-handed game-winning touchdown catch today. And it's just you sit and you look at the Browns and you say, they have the pieces around him. We just need a quarterback to come in and make plays. You have the guy. Everything else that's happened, I'm not about to sit here and defend him with it. It was weird. It was an odd situation. There was a, several allegations. He's dealt with the punishment. The punishment was given down to him. He's lived it out. Here we are. The Browns could be scared in the year. The remaining schedule, they have the Texans. That should be a W regardless of who plays yeah. quarterback. Um, even if, again, just sticking with the football side of it, even if you wanted to just bring back in, ease him into the game plan, you could probably still have Jacoby Brissett kind of ready to go and play against the Texans. But then it does get a little bit harder. You get the Bengals after that, and then the Ravens. Those are two good teams within your division then it gets a little bit easier. Um, the Saints have not been good this year. The Commanders are surprisingly good. And then also you end the year with the Steelers. They could win out. They could. Oh, yeah. If, and, if, I mean, let's if say Deshaun they do, Watson is who he was with the Texans yeah, as a football player, they could easily win out. You're ending the season at 10-7. and seven. 
It leaves it wide open to get in the playoffs. I mean, you're most likely going to be a wild card, especially through the AFC. Yeah. But I mean, especially with a win over the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers. Yeah. Assuming they do win out, which they could. So that would just be another interesting storyline here at the end of November. It's almost December. Yeah, it is it almost is. time for me to start paying attention to basketball again. Uh, I've been paying a little bit of attention to college basketball, and I'm enjoying it. It's, you know, this is going to be a good year for college basketball because there's so many good guys returning. Uh, I mean, let's talk about our Texas Longhorns, by the way. <laughs> Are uh, they going to be look, number one? Dude, they look fucking phenomenal. This is Do where I know anybody on the team right now? No. <laughs> but they look good. Okay. I, there's And Chris Beard's the head coach, yeah, right? They're going to be number I think they're going to be number two. North Carolina lost this weekend. They, I think they might have lost twice. Uh, yeah, I think they just lost, actually. Uh-huh. They, they they're lost going into fourth. quadruple overtime was the last I saw. Right, so they're not going to be number one. Houston going to be number one. KU, didn't, I think they lost. They did. Texas going to be number two. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. Look at Texas. Bat- I mean, hey, Texas is a basketball school now. <laughs> Right? It worked with Michigan. I'm doing it here. Does it work if I call it out? Probably not. Texas football sucks. I don't know when they're going to be back. And Duke has a, a big white guy that's good. So I, Dude, they are out-rebounding everybody. College basketball is bad. Like, I I cannot wait to talk to our buddy Mitch about just betting college basketball. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. He's pretty fucking good at it. He wants some money. I'm going to start taking his advice this next week. I plan on shooting him a message earlier today, but I'm going to send him a message tomorrow and say, give me your bets for the week. I'm going to go up to Kansas and put some money on it. See you Saturday. Let's spend the money. Let's spend the winnings. I got I, – somehow I signed up with, like, BetMGM, and I have an account in Kansas. I keep getting the spam emails, though, yes. and I can't unsubscribe until I go to Kansas and sign in. <laughs> I'm getting two to three emails every single day. See, dude, I hate – And like, I'm not one of those guys that, like, has, like, a spam folder or can go without checking my email – I can't have the little red circle with a one. Yeah. It drives me nuts, even for my emails. I will tell you what. I am getting sick and tired of social media advertisement and email advertisement. If you're in just like the constant deals that you're having, I know it's bullshit. I know it was six ninety nine last week, and then you're coming in this week and saying, hey, what's thirteen ninety nine on sale for 6 bucks?" Bullshit. Same thing with Black Friday bullshit, and Cyber bullshit, Monday. Bullshit. I, I don't like. I see the same deals all fucking year. I need. A, I'm getting a hair dryer because I'm. I have a dog now, and so when he gets out of the bath, it takes forever <laughs> to get him to dry off. I was because so it's, confused. I know. <laughs> a guy with no hair needs a hair dryer. What the fuck? At first, is going just on my that? brain, my thought process. I have daughters, so they have like a blow dryer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, no, he doesn't have children. He doesn't have hair. <laughs> Why? Only for okay. my beard, God. I get it. No, but I have a golden retriever puppy. It takes him forever to get dry, and even when I think I do, he's still wet a little bit just because the coat's so deep. Understandable, it's just dog. It's like I want to get a hair dryer. Constant sales, just like oh, this is twenty eight percent off. I get on Amazon in February. Something's going to be twenty eight percent off. There's going to be the Amazon deal of the day. Like it's just nuts. Like the amount of deals that's always going on. I'm tired of seeing them. I feel like I'm tired of everybody having a deal. Yeah, and I feel like people used to actually like care about their customers and wanted them to pay a good price. Now everybody's just super greedy. Yeah. So that like the Black Friday deals, I was I saw a thing on Saturday that said like Black Friday's dead. Like people aren't showing up for it anymore. It's yeah. It's the deal that we know we're onto it. Those are not sales. Yeah. You mark everything up. So a hoodie that used to cost forty dollars. You mark up to $60, and then maybe you sell it for half off. So it's like, okay, I had 10 bucks off. I don't need to go flood Old Navy to buy this hoodie. I will fund the same one. Also, whose idea was it to make hoodies $80 fucking dollars? So you can sell them for 50% off. and then be Like, like, a, like a jacket that I want to buy, like L.L. Bean. You know what I mean? I remember getting yeah, those who do you big, thick-ass Patagonia. Exactly. You bastards. <laughs> like, it, the thing is, is like a hoodie and a vest cost the same thing. I want to start getting some vests to wear over my business clothes and stay warm, but I don't want to wear a jacket or a hoodie or a full long sleeve quarter zip, right? Just nice little business casual look. $70 for a vest. Mm-hmm. Bitch, false. So, well, and then, yeah, throw on the hoodie. You might as well just buy a coat. Yeah. Then I get too hot. It's your nice sport coat. Because a coat and a jacket aren't the same thing. Sports coats are cheaper than jackets. I was going to say, for the price you're paying for that vest and a hoodie or shirt, 
You can buy another sport coat. Yeah. I, I mean, I legitimately could. Huh? Stupid. And that's talking fashion on Mike Up. I think we should talk more about fashion because I've spent a ton of money on a new wardrobe the last month and a half. And I'll tell you what, I hate having to figure out what the hell goes with olive green. I still don't know. We talked about it Wednesday at dinner. Nobody gave me an answer. I you guys did. started judging the outfit I that I was browns. wearing that evening. Like for you were wearing. A, I respect that. Thank you for telling me. So khaki. Yeah. Khaki's the only color, but they're or all. Jeans. Of, you can wear jeans with that. But they're all of pants. All of colored pants. Oh, pants. Yes. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Ooh, I think you could mix in some navy. Olive. Can't, I don't know. But then what, what color? I shoes? would have to see your definition of what olive is. Uh, it's olive green, dude. It's it, tag says it. I see it. It is. I have seen some guys wear. It's not a light color. It's a darker colored green. Green. So it pants. doesn't look. It doesn't look like bright and vibrant or just like it's not a loud colored pant. Okay, you could rock some, some tans. Shirt. Tan shirt. I don't have white tan nice shirts. shirts. Not. I don't look good. I don't white. either. Uh, just highly questionable that you bought olive pants. I think you could wear black. You can wear a black shirt with olive pants. And then what color shoes? You have to wear black and black. Black shoes? Yep. That's fine. I can mm-hmm. do that. Okay. I think you can make it work. Can I wear a black? Mm-hmm. I think so. Black. Depending on the style of pant. It's a jean. You have olive jeans. <laughs> so I have an olive. Nope. Okay. A chino shirt or a chino with a polo. Yeah. You're good okay. to go. On that one. All of jeans. Huh? Yeah. Hmm. Good them. Can't wait to take I'm them off you. Pop to wear with. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, that's talking fashion on Mike Up. Any I appreciate it. No, I think I'm good. I just, <laughs> clearly, it's not my specialty. Or you know what? Slide in the big guy's DMs and let him know. I'm Last not year, all I was wearing was hoodie and shorts uh-huh. and some sweatpants. <laughs> it popped up on my, maybe it was on my Snapchat memories uh-huh. of you wearing a flannel and shorts. It's like yeah. on this day one year ago, and you just had your arms out, like, judge me. Like, what are you going to say? And I had taken a picture of you with a flannel and shorts on. And I think we might have put it up on one of our social channels of, like, does big country look homeless? In- yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It popped up on my memories. Um, uh, I still think you did. <laughs> All right. And now. That's, yeah. At the time, you thought you were so fly. I can't. Uh, <laughs> and I did That's what I looked like. Yeah. Just strung out, eyes buggy, everything going on. Uh, That's it for us today, though. We appreciate you guys joining us and putting up with us. Um, As usual, Big Country and I back at it on Thursday. Maybe we'll have some other coaching hires. Uh, Maybe some quarterbacks will be benched. But we will talk to you guys then. We appreciate you listening.